0: Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristians.org message. Thanks for listening. Oh, that was awesome. Hey, Dennis came over. I know you don't know a different Dennis than Pastor Guy was talking about, but Dennis, who is in charge of um, gifts from Friends of Jesus, he came over to pick up the toys today, and we were loading them into the truck, and actually it was probably over a thousand. We filled up an entire, like, moving truck, like the kind you take if you move to, like, Nebraska or something. Who's going to move to Nebraska? That was weird. Okay. Anyways, but, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nebraska. Yeah, go. All right. So, um, but anyway, it was just awesome. So, I mean, tons of families uh, are going to be changed because of your generosity and your willingness to walk with Jesus uh, in this season, but in this particular way. So, way to go. I'm so proud to be uh, called your brother in Christ and a part of the Fox River family along with you. Man, as far as Christmas goes, man, I remember Christmas as a kid. I'm sure many of us could say the same thing, but I remember like looking through the JCPenney catalog, circling things and making my Christmas list. I remember staying up at night, not on purpose, but I just couldn't fall asleep because I was thinking about what it would be like to open these presents and, 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 and to play with my new toys. It was awesome. Listen, it felt like Christmas, would never come. It felt like the wait was forever. And I knew the date. I had December 25th circled on the calendar. Anybody else like circle the 25th when you're a kid on the calendar? Okay, we got a couple people. That's cool. All right, so like that was me. Now imagine this. What if you were waiting for the very first Christmas, but you didn't know the date? All right, that was a situation that the Jews were in, the Jewish nation. They were waiting for over 400 years for the very first Christmas, they were waiting in expectation for the words of the Old Testament prophets to be fulfilled. And not only were they waiting in expectation, they were waiting in desperation. They were longing for liberation from political oppression, right, in foreign occupation and rule. And finally, the Messiah was coming. The first Christmas was about to happen. But what if, when Christ came, He came in a way that nobody noticed. All right. What if when he came and he initiated his kingdom in part, what if his kingdom didn't look like everybody thought it would or like everybody thought it should? What if when Jesus comes for that first Christmas, only a few people noticed? Only a few people recognized his coming. There were only a few witnesses, but everybody else just wasn't on their radar. What would we expect those few witnesses to do? We would expect them to share the good news, right? Because Christmas witness is essential. Christmas witness has always been essential. From the first Christmas up until now, even during Advent 2020, it's important that the world knows the good news of Christmas, that a Savior has been given to them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the good work that you're doing in, in us as a church, but also us as individuals. God, I pray that today we would hear from you, Lord. I pray that we would not only hear from you, but understand what you're trying to tell us. And God, that somehow, some way, we might receive your message of grace, God, and respond and walk with you, Lord. That you would be glorified in our lives, Lord, as we decide to follow you. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. All right, let's turn to Luke chapter two. Go ahead and turn there in your Bibles. If you got one, turn there on your phone or your electronic device, wherever you are, if you're at church or somewhere else, whatever. You're driving in the car, just listen, okay? don't No pressure to, you know, do all of that, okay? But hey, as we get into Luke chapter two, let's appreciate uh, something. We're gonna hear a lot about the shepherds in just a couple minutes, um, but let's appreciate the fact that God is active, all right? God is letting the world know that the first Christmas is about to happen, all right? He's, he's sent his angels to tell people. He's given his word, all right, as a heads up, like Messiah is coming. You should see the signs, you should notice it, all right? He's even sent a star, All right, some kind of supernatural star. We see this in the beginning of the Gospel of Matthew, right? The wise men or the magi, they come from the east and they travel toward Jerusalem and Bethlehem. They're following this star. What's going on? Well, God is using that to tell the world that Messiah is coming. All right, so let's just appreciate that as we kind of go through Luke chapter 2 together, all right? Without further delay, here we go. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, this is about 2,000 years ago, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. All right? Um, Israel was a part of the Roman world at that time. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So, Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee. That's in northern Israel. Alright, Joseph went from Nazareth and Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, which is in southern Israel, uh, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So, just a quick, quick summary statement. Joseph and Mary traveled from the north where they lived, and they traveled to southern Israel, to Bethlehem, uh, because that was their hometown, town. Okay? Here we go. Verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. That's baby Jesus. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Okay. Let's just pause for a second. A little tidbit here. And let's just read between the lines together. Just, just for a minute or so. Um, From later in this chapter, verse 24 to be exact, we're not going to read that together, but verse 24 tells us in Luke chapter 2 that Jesus was born into a poor family. Okay, so let's just kind of take that nugget, set it here for a second. Jesus was born into a poor family. All right. When Joseph and Mary, Mary was like eight months pregnant when they're traveling, they get there, she's right around nine months pregnant, that would make sense. They get there, they go to their hometown. Hey, when you go to your hometown, especially during these days, do you suppose you have any family there? Yeah, you do. All right. So when you go back to your hometown and you, you see your family, are you going to stay with them or are you going to stay in a hotel? What do you think? Just just take a guess. You're going to stay with your family, okay? But what do we see taking place here? Do they stay with their family? Uh-oh. There was no guest room for them. All right. So if we read between the lines, this is not in scripture, by the way. So be careful. You you you. You proceed cautiously, okay? But we are allowed to think when we read God's word, right? So let's think. They get their home, to their hometown. Joseph and Mary, they're not married, okay? Yet Mary is about to have a baby. So it seems to make sense that the family was looking at her like, huh, you guys aren't married yet. You're about to have a baby. Huh, can you feel the judgment? Yeah, there's no room for you in our house, but you can sleep with the animals, Okay, yeah, go. Go sleep with the animals. That's probably what's taking place. So not only is Jesus born into a poor family, but Jesus, we see right here, and he's unwelcomed, he's unaccepted. In fact, he's rejected before he's even born. He's rejected by his own flesh and blood. Ah, oh, that's a rough start for baby Jesus, isn't it? Okay, well, let's keep reading. Verse number 8 and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. All right, so within probably two miles or so, something like that, but there's shepherds out in the fields. They're taking care of their sheep. Let's, let's talk about shepherds just for a second so we can appreciate some of the things that's going on here that God is telling us in Luke chapter 2. Shepherds are uneducated and unskilled. Like, you don't go to college to become a shepherd, Okay? You don't. You're uneducated, you're unskilled, all right? Not only that but you're considered unimportant. You're like in the bottom of the social status, all right? You're you're at the bottom of the totem pole as far as uh, the pecking order goes in society. And furthermore, because of your work, you're considered unclean. Now, you're unclean because you're dirty all the time. You literally work 24 hours a day hanging out with animals outside all the time. You sleep with them in a cave, all of that, right? So you're actually physically dirty. But, but here's more of what I'm saying. You're considered unclean as far as ceremony goes. You can't enter the temple to worship because of, just use your imagination. I'm not going to go into detail. But what, what are the kinds of things that you touch if you're a shepherd? All right, You touch all sorts of gross stuff. That's a no-no. You can't go and worship God in the temple in those days. All right, if you've got all of that uncleanliness about you. okay. Now, if you're not good enough to worship God in the temple, then check this out. The next thing is not only are you uneducated, all right. not only are you unskilled, not only are you unimportant, not only are you unclean, but you're not good enough to worship God in the temple, so you're certainly not good enough to testify in a court of law because you're unreliable as well. So these shepherds, man, they're they're down and out, all right? And by the way, shepherding doesn't pay too well. So they're poor. Who's that remind you of, by the way? We just said it, right? Jesus. They're poor. They don't have a lot of money, but they're also poor in spirit. And here's what that means. They realize they're not hot shots. Shepherds realize, all right, that they are the least, the last, the poor, the weak. They know that. They know if there's any chance of being favored by God, it's because of God, not them. All right? They're poor in spirit, and they know they need God's help. So I got a question for you. Do you know that you need God's help? Now, I'm talking to Christians and those who have not received Jesus Christ yet as Lord and Savior. Do you know that you need God's help no matter where you're at on the spiritual spectrum? If we ever get to a place and we think, I'm good, I don't need God's help, that's a dangerous place to be, okay? Maybe we'd be poor in spirit just like the shepherds, all right? I need God's help. Let's continue to read verse number 9. Here we go. An angel, right, so so the shepherds are just chilling out in the fields, just doing their job, right, taking care of the the sheep. And there were shepherds living on the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, Imagine, you're just doing your job. You're working the night shift, okay? You're just minding your own business, uh, just taking care of the sheep. And all of a sudden, a big, strong alien that's glowing shows up. You're freaking out at that point. And then you realize it's not an alien. Oh, my gosh, this is an angel. This is a sinless, holy, fully dedicated messenger of God Almighty. Now, I was scared before, but now I'm totally terrified. That's the place that they were in. Yet we see in verse 10, what does the angel say? He says this, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Listen, the good news, the euangelizo, the gospel is for all people. It doesn't matter what ethnicity you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter how many sins or how bad your sins were in the past. Listen, the gospel is for everyone and it will cause them great joy. Today in the town, this is the angel still speaking, today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you, shepherds. A savior has been born to you, the least, the last, the poor, the weak, the losers of society, listen, the ones who just can't get their act together are unwelcomed, unappreciated, right? Just the down and out, they know they're at the bottom of the social rung ladder, all right, they know it. Yet the angel said, a savior has come for you. He's come for you. That's fascinating. He says, "Don't be afraid." So we get into verse thirteen, and we see the angel continue. Right here, we here's the experience. Verse thirteen, or actually verse twelve. Let's continue reading. I I forgot about verse twelve. Here we go. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. All right. At this point, they're probably starting to finally calm down, and they're like not quite as terrified. And all of a sudden, verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared. So now, like, just one angel was freaking them out. They're finally calming down, and now thousands of angels show up. A heavenly host, all right? And they're totally, probably terrified all over again. By the way, this has never happened in all of Scripture where angels show up like this and do the following. Watch, They, they appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Wow. I mean, imagine that. Imagine just the sky, the landscape, the horizon filled. Right? you got this glowing angel, the glory of the Lord just shining. And now it's, like it's, it's night, but it's kind of bright, right? Because you got this like radiance of God going on. And now, now the angels are filling up. The, everywhere you look, there's just a host, a company, a multitude of angels. And they're praising God. We would probably expect that. They're praising God. You, I mean, angels do that, right? I mean, that makes sense. But now they're saying something else, right? There's two pieces to what they're saying. Glory to God in the highest heaven, but, but peace on earth to those on whom God's favor rests. So we gotta ask this, because this is important, right? Who is that? Who are the favored? And in a very short way, I, I'm practicing this, I'm getting better, okay, you'll believe me in a second. What's the short answer to that question? Who does God favor? Here's the answer. Sinners. God favors sinners. Sinners. We see this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 13. Jesus says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. We see Paul write about this in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. Here's what Paul says Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. We see in Luke 19, verse 10, that Jesus says, I have come to seek and to save the lost. You could insert sinners in there. Huh. Sinners are the ones that Jesus came to save. That's fascinating. When you believe that Jesus is Lord, when you trust him to save you, right, you trust in what he's done. Not in what you've done, but you trust in what he's done. Here's what happens. God grants you peace, right, It used to be God is holy, I'm a sinner, there's a chasm between us, I can't get to God even if I really want to, it's impossible. But now, if I believe and I trust in Jesus and the good news, I can have peace with God. That's amazing. So you've got these shepherds. They saw some stuff, right? They heard some stuff, but now they're about to see something real, real, Real special, all right? We get back into into the text. Luke chapter two, verse number 15. When the angels had left, so all of this has taken place, and then the angels leave, and they go into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Right, we heard about it, let's go see it. Verse 16. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger, Oh, man, this has got to be a good, good thing. Listen, they had heard so much. They had seen so much. They had witnessed literal miracles. Can you imagine the things that they saw? They were witnesses. But now God is calling them. God is leading them. God is giving them opportunity to be witnesses. They were witnesses, but now they're going to be witnesses. All right? Here we go, verse 17. When they had seen him, that's baby Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. So they saw Jesus, and now they're just saying, I saw Jesus, I saw the Messiah, I saw the one who was to come we have been waiting 400 and some years for this. He's here, right? They're telling people about it. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Isn't it ironic that these shepherds, people said that the shepherds were unreliable, that they couldn't testify in a little courtroom, yet God was calling them to testify throughout the whole world, everywhere they went, to everyone they saw. Isn't that kind of cool? Now, I remember when I first believed and trusted in Jesus. I remember receiving him and I was telling people Okay, I, I, I would call up old friends. I remember being on the phone, having a discussion with a friend. They were so confused, okay, but like, what is Bill? What's going on with him? Okay, but I remember telling that person about, about what had happened. I remember going into work. I was working at Quad Graphics at the time. I remember going in there, telling my coworkers about it, and they're like, okay, okay. You know, they thought I was a little weird. I remember telling my family members about it, okay? Just, like, not everybody was amazed like we see here in Scripture, but some people were. All right? And then listen, it was easy for me then. But sometimes, if I'm honest, sometimes ever since then, man, it's just really difficult. Anybody else find it difficult to share your faith from time to time? Yeah, I mean, we're just being honest, right? Like, that's just it's hard sometimes. Listen, sometimes sharing our faith is easy. Sometimes sharing our our our, our faith is, is hard. All right, listen, but Christmas witness, witnessing is always essential. Always. What if God and the angels never would have told the shepherds? What if the shepherds never would have told anybody? And let's hit home just for a second. What if no one would have ever told you? What would we do then? Would any of us be here right now? No way. I want to show you something cool in verse 20. Verse 20, all right, so after this has all taken place, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. It says the shepherds returned. Where did the shepherds return to? They returned home. They returned back to the fields, back to the sheep, back to normal everyday life. But what do we see? What does God tell us they were doing in verse 20? It says they were glorifying God. They were praising God. And you better believe they were continuing to be a witness for him, a Christmas witness. They were continuing to tell people what had taken place. See, and there's a beautiful truth truth in this. We can glorify and praise God right where we are. Okay, we can be a witness about Christmas in everyday life. And that's exactly what God is calling us to do, to be a witness about Christmas as we go in our everyday lives. That's a a major part of the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verse number 19, to be exact. So I got some questions for you. Okay, this isn't to keep the pressure on you, all right? But this is just like, let's let's think about this because God is telling us it doesn't have to be difficult. Yet you and I feel like, man, it's just really hard to share my faith sometimes, okay? So let's let's unpack that for a second. I can share my faith in everyday life. I can be a witness for Christ, a Christmas witness, all right, a witness about Christmas. You can say it a million different ways. I can do that just wherever I am. In your home, for example. All right. Can you be a shepherd? All right. can, you, can you be a witness in your family? All right. right now, one of the things we're doing in our home, we're not batting a 1,000 on this. All right? we, we've got some slip-ups here and there. Okay? But the, the video Advent Devotionals that uh, Fox River is doing right now, you can get those on the app or on our YouTube channel, on the website, all of that. Right. But, but we're watching those things as a family. All right? Sometimes not all of us, most of the time just one or two of us, you know, and but we're having that conversation. We're talking about it. Today it's like, oh man, you know, Ani, she she sang like just this beautiful song. If you haven't seen it, you gotta check it out. Just beautiful. The first Noel, like, oh man, we talked about that a little bit this morning. Right there's just opportunities. Okay, what about at, uh, at, at your community functions? All right, or in your community, or in your neighborhood, who are the people that you're talking to? Are you helping anybody? Or do you do you go to the store and buy things from people? I mean, like maybe you buy things. Right. Those those are all opportunities that God is giving us to just talk about Jesus, talk about Christmas. All right. Those, those are opportunities that God is giving us to even invite people. Hey, would you join me for uh, Christmas services at Fox River? Um, you're more than welcome to. We can go together if you want. Let's figure that out. Or if you're not comfortable, hey, we've got online services. Just go to the website, man. And in fact, let's go there together right now. I'll show you on my phone. And you're more than welcome to be a part of that. That's how easy it is. It doesn't have to be awkward, all right? But, but it can be really, really easy and effective. All right, what about in your workplace or with your circle of friends? You guys talk about all sorts of things already. How's family going, right? The struggles, the difficulties. Right? You talk about the good things that are going on in your life. Right? What, are those, what are those things that you can talk to them about and, and pray together with them? And just say, hey, let's, let's just thank God for that good thing that happened, you know? Or, or, man, you're really going through it. Hey, let's just talk to God together. Can I pray for you right now? God, please help this person. Amen. You know? Like, it can be a one-liner, All right, that's how easy it can be. It doesn't have to be this drawn-out, eloquent speech, all right? It can be super easy. And here's the thing, too, man, I just got to say this. You can be a witness about Christmas when it comes to strangers as well. Now, that's always awkward, but you can do it, okay, if you're, like, feeling brave that day. Listen, God has placed you perfectly. He's placed you perfectly to share the good news about Christmas with others, that you might bless those people around you, no matter where you are in life, that you might bless them in the same way that God has blessed you. That a Savior, you can tell them that a Savior has come to them. Now maybe right now you're in the boat like realizing something beautiful, maybe for the first time. A Savior has come for you. Maybe you realize, just like the shepherds did, right? They were poor in spirit. But maybe now you're realizing, man, I'm poor in spirit. You recognize that I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. I can't save myself. I need someone else to save me. You're realizing that for the first time. Do you believe in your heart that you're a sinner? Do you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ lived and died on the cross in your place. Do you realize that God raised him from the dead three days later for you? If you believe that, no matter if you're a Christian already or you're not a Christian quite yet, if you believe that wherever you are, whether it's here at the church at one of our campuses or you're listening online and you're in a cubicle, listen, wherever you are, I want you to say something out loud, all right? You can whisper it really quiet so no one hears. Or you can even shout it and be the weirdest person at your workplace right now, okay? Or the person next to you in the car is like, what is that person yelling about? Is this road rage and they're getting all scared? Like you could do that if you want. But wherever you are, if you believe then confess with your mouth, say these words with me. Jesus is Lord. Ready, let's say it together. Jesus is Lord. If you have never believed, and never confessed before, i got some great news for you. God tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, he says this, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Since you believed and since you confessed, you are saved and you have made the best decision you could ever make in all of eternity. Welcome to the family of God. All of heaven is rejoicing with you now, wherever you are. Can we just, Fox River family, can we just welcome our new brothers and sisters? That's awesome. Tell you what, family, let's pray for our new brothers and sisters together now. God, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for the good work that you're doing. We thank you that you don't take any days off, that you are always at work. God, thank you for the grace that is required because these things, I mean, they just don't happen unless you're involved, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the grace that, that you have given, God, that new family members could be added to your family, God. We thank you for that good work that you're doing. God, help those who just became Christians now to walk with you, Lord, to even run. God, help them to show your love, to share your name, to be a witness for you, to take next steps in their faith, Lord God, as a follower of Christ, and to give you glory, no matter where they're at in life, no matter where they find themselves, God, that they might walk with you and give you glory. God, for all of us, who call ourselves children of God because you've allowed us to. We've expressed faith in Jesus Christ and we know that's all it takes, and God, we just revel in it. We just enjoy that grace, God, that we can be called yours simply by believing, God, for all of us. Help us to remember and realize this, Lord, that you have perfectly placed us to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ no matter where we are in life. God, give us opportunities God, give us opportunities and help us to be aware, God, to notice those opportunities that you give us, Jesus. Give us the courage to step into those opportunities that you give. Give us wisdom, God, that when we're in those opportunities, God, that we might be effective witnesses for you, Lord, even this Christmas. God, you've been so good to us and we we just, we know you're not gonna stop anytime soon because you don't change, you don't shift like the shadows, God. You are constant. And you are good, and you've been so good to us, and you continue to be so good to us. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.